Hey, everybody. I uh, want to welcome you back to another episode of Those Offensive Gentlemen. Yes, yes. And we are here uh, about to start Bartender Weekly 30 minutes ago <laughs> with uh, another <laughs> one of our favorite bottles of uh, whiskey. And uh, you want to tell them what it's about? Yeah. So this week we are drinking a Avalor 10-year Highland single malt whiskey. Um Reading from the box, it says, uh, nestled, nestling in the heart of Speyside in the village of Avalor, where a source of exceptionally pure spring water known as St. Drostan's Well inspired the James Fleming to build his distillery in 1879. The richness of the natural environment combined with the soft and pure water creates Avalor's single malt a distinctive whiskey of generous character. It's it's very very generous very actually. Generous. I mean it's a uh, um, full bodied but light. Yeah. So light. So it's yeah. very smooth. This is one of those things. So like I said before, you know, with our last whiskey, I am not a fan of the peat. Um, you know, light little bit of peat. Okay, really peaty. Not a fan of. This is not a peaty whiskey. This is a smooth, almost creamy type. Whiskey and with a lot of flavor to it. Well, again, you know that I think that goes back to the location where it's where it's uh, made and distilled from. Yeah, um, I mean, we love the 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 region that it's in the the space side. The space side whiskeys are uh, like ginormous. Yeah. There's like I mean everything you have McAllen, you have mm-hmm. uh, Glenn Levitt, um, uh, Glenn Grant. I think pretty much almost everything we we are the a lot of the ones that I drink um, and I like are come from that area. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, just pulling up Google Maps right now, uh, we can see that um, in the area of the Aberlour Distillery, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Uh, there's easily, obviously, over ten different distilleries. Uh, Many uh, that you'll know, many that know. we will have on this uh, podcast uh, this like sooner or later. But uh, I, I, I foresee a a uh, a trip a trip to, to to bring us and the the listeners along on our um our drunk you know on our on the fly or back in Alien Peregrine. You know. Yeah. I mean, on one of those, I think that would be an excellent uh, episode. You guys let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to do this whether they think so or not. <laughs> it's like, we're well, going to go. Yeah, it's just whether it's going to be recorded, right? It's like, I'm, oh. I'm going to get drunk. It's yeah. just, are you going to be able to partake in my craziness? No, I mean, we we will have the ability to record, but we are going to go. Oh, yeah. Um, regardless, because I think it's going to be a good trip. And I always wanted to be, I always wanted to go to the part of Scotland anyway. Oh, yeah. I have not been yet. I've been to Ireland, but not Scotland. I've been to Scotland, but I haven't been like like around around i haven't really gotten out to travel like i wanted to until more recent years because usually it's uh there were really there was a lot of time restraints on it Mm -hmm. so i was like okay oh you're in edinburgh okay okay look around look around around okay time to go yeah where you go on um trips and they just shuffle you along like like herds cattle i i hate those I, i see the necessity of having those for some places like you know egypt i talked about before mm-hmm. where um where uh 
it's it's dangerous to go alone, right? And they so they hand you a sword like in Zelda. <laughs> but like it's dangerous to go alone and take this or they just want to like there's so much to see you don't have much time well know, there's like I mean there's something to be said if you're very unfamiliar with a place the first time you go especially the language um, you need to it's best to have someone who guides you along but like you know now that you when you go back um, you sort of get you know I do a lot of research and and in, in, uh, you know beforehand before I go so now I can go and and go on a lot of trips by yourselves, and then you know that way you're free to do whatever you want and mm-hmm. spend as much time where you want to go or not. So I mean, this trip, you know, this trip and the <laughs> ones that got coming up here pretty shortly are pretty yeah. good. I think we just made plans without telling anybody else and actually um, coordinating. Well, but the good thing about us and our family that that they are they're usually down for anything. So. Oh yeah, they are definitely. And they're like, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to turn down <laughs> a trip. Yeah. So uh, I'm just looking at Google Maps still because I'm kind of in awe as to what exactly, uh, like the concentration of distilleries. And just along the River Spey in Scotland, uh, Spey is spelled S-P-E-Y, there are, like we could just do a River Spey tour, and we could hit every one of these. There's probably one. We probably should look it up. Probably we should. Yeah, yeah. there's probably, you know, the Spey River, Mm -hmm. you know, whiskey tour. And if there isn't one... This there is idea. one now. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, and also keeping with the uh, the uh, dose offensive gentleman tradition of drinking whiskey, we like to bring back the toast. LT, would you like to do the honors yep. today? So raise your glasses. All right. Here's today's toast. Here's to the kisses we've snatched and vice versa. All right. Cheers to that. Cheers. Man, that's good. It's so nice and smooth, and oh, that is. It's uh, it's not. I don't want to say caramelly, but it's like the the n- nutmeg. Is that it? Nutmeg. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. That 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 flavor you get. Um, that's what I feel like. It's like it has like a nice little just soothing. Yeah, and so this reminds okay. me of the Glendevron, but a little bit more of a spice to it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, which which I definitely like. It's a very easy, smooth drinking whiskey to have. Um, we're already um, close to about 25% through the bottle. I mean, we've only been doing this for like less than 30 minutes, so the, oh, night's, the night's still young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to get through it. Uh, more right. than uh, 25% of this bottle. Oh, we definitely will. Um, but uh, if you guys, you know, uh, if you guys have any uh, recommendations as to drinks or whiskeys or liquors or beers or, you know, anything else that you guys want us to try on the show, just give us a shout. Yeah. And uh, now, we will definitely do it. I want to point out, too, though, kind of one of the reasons that we've been at this, especially with the Avalor for 30 minutes prior, is because we've, when we were looking it up, we found out the uh, founder of the Avalor Distillery's name is James Fleming. And of course, me being the big nerd that I am, first thing I said was, hmm, I wonder if he's, where, he's uh, related to Ian Fleming. So we just spent a lot of time uh, researching this and no, have not found any connections, but I do would like to point out that Yes, even though they're not, we couldn't find any direct link. Um, the Flemings, Ian Fleming and his family, and his his dad is actually from Scotland. 
And where he was born is only about two hours away from the distillery. And yeah. I honestly don't know how popular Fleming is as a Scottish name, yeah. but you know that'd be something interesting if they were related. I think that's something that we should check out for sure if, <laughs> well, on the trip there, just to kind of investigate. But uh, for some of the unenlightened uh, listeners who do not know who Ian Fleming is, Ian Fleming is James Bond. He he is the man. The he myth, the legend. Actually, he, he, he's, that's actually a truer statement than most people don't understand. Oh, well, he was an actual spy, wasn't he? He was, well, he was an intelligence officer, mm-hmm. and he was responsible for um, creating a, a group, what they call Task Force 20. And Task Force 20 was essentially a, a um, like, uh, sort of a, a prelude to, like, the special operations in the CIA intelligence. So it was, an intel- it was a, basically a group of commando trained soldiers who their job was to gather intelligence so their job wasn't just to raid a base blow it up and stuff like that their job was to go in sneak in and gather as much intelligence as it is so this is sort of like the front runner to like you know things like the oss and all these spy agencies and and things of that nature so that was all part of ian fleming's creation although he didn't get to lead them in the field like he wanted to it was still his idea and he did you know have leadership over that that unit for a while so yeah he and yeah. he was the author of james bond yeah. well yes. like yeah. but, but i mean so when i said that he he was james bond it was it was it was on a double entendre if you will yeah. you know because he wrote the books well he wrote the books based on his his time in the war yeah. and so you know and he created that character yeah so so real quick while we're on james bond is completely impromptu um James Bond, who who do you think the next actor should be? Um, I don't know. So the problem, the the thing is, you know, I know a lot of people. The 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 common thing everyone screams now is like Idris Elba should be James Bond, and I'm actually against that sort of thing because James Bond is an established character. You know, he is a Scottish, Swiss um, ancestry, and sorry, that doesn't apply to Idris Elba. Like, I know Idris Elba's a good guy. He's a great actor, you know, uh, most of the time. he's had Well, some well talking about Idris Elba, so m- real quick, my stance on that is I think that he would make a good James Bond in this, that the, f- in, in my thinking that James Bond, you're going you're gonna to tell me I'm full of shit, but um, in my thinking that James Bond is essentially the generic code name that they give the 007 agent no. along with his identity. Again, I just told you what you were no. going to tell me, right? No. But, um, you no. know, that. so in, in keeping with that, I think so. However, I did read an article that Idris Elba said that the next James Bond should be female. And that's dumb and as shit. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Yep. Um, I think that... Uh, all right, first of all, I don't give a shit about yeah. this whole fucking, you know... Movement that this this trend of replacing male character established long running male characters with female characters I hate that yeah I um, I agree with that um, that's like okay well you know what let's you know if you if if we wouldn't want to do the same the reason why I don't I don't really go for this is like for instance okay um, uh, what if we have in the next X Men movie we have Storm played by Charlize Theron right. And most people would have, a, they would pitch a fit. They'd be like, oh, my God, but, you know, Storm's from Africa, and how can you have her play by a white woman? I'm like, well, Charisse Theron is from Africa, too, so why can't she play Storm? Yep. You would not accept that because it would be, it would do a disservice to the character. 
So if you really like this character, why would you want to try to change it so drastically for what? What are you really getting out of it other than some retarded brownie points or, you know, some sense of feeling progressive or some stupid bullshit like that? Well, I actually want to see Gerard Butler play Storm. I think that would be really fantastic. I was actually eyeing him for uh, Jean Grey. Oh, so that's another one. Another one. Uh, (laughs) A little bit of sarcasm. But uh, so we have... Um, uh, so my argument is that people need to make their own characters, right? So when you have um, strong male characters, the next thing that I've seen that people want to do is replace, is essentially gender swap that. So let's make it a female character. Well, no, how about we get an original storyline, an original character, and you make it uh, like an original thought. And then you incorporate that as a strong character with a strong backstory, yeah, done. You know, not that you're not you're not you're not strengthening this character, or you're not even strengthening the position of women by swapping away the man. Because I'm going to tell you right now, as far as men are concerned, and the majority of us, uh, we're not going to take that character seriously. Uh, for the simple fact is like, okay, you you couldn't come up with something on your own, so you're going to write on our cocktails. And, you know, and the work that's been done and the fandom that's been created over this character. And, oh, now, and then what usually happens is when they try to pull these things, these gender swaps and stuff like that, they don't receive the same accolades as the male or the original character does. And they start screaming sexism and all that crap. So, like, I'll give a perfect example. We have, coming up soon, we're going to have Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Now, the difference with this is that Captain Marvel... Uh, Carol Danvers was a character for a long time. She was Miss Marvel, right? So she became Miss Marvel, and when the original Captain Marvel died, the first Captain Marvel was actually a black woman um, and who also went on to lead the Avengers. But she was a completely original character. She wasn't like, oh, she didn't, like, they didn't go, okay, they didn't gender bend her and say, okay, well, now the new Captain America, I mean, Captain uh, Marvel, she's actually this black Cree hybrid, you know, that came to Earth and has these powers. No, she's a completely different character, and then they gave her the name Captain Marvel. Later, they changed it to Photon, and now she has another name. But, you know, it wasn't just a gender swap. It was a new character that was developed, and they didn't they did not try to connect it to the original one at all. Now, the Miss Marvel... Uh, Carol Danvers, now Captain Marvel, she took the name as that, you know, when Marvel was pushing this big, oh, you go girl, you know, sort of narrative, they're like, oh, well, why don't you be Captain Marvel? You know, you, you have the, the, the closest ties with him. And so that's how now she is become Captain Marvel. So in that sense, I go, okay, I can see her being Captain Marvel because it's not just a gender swap. Uh, but when you do things like, uh, How about the um, the Thor gender swap? Yeah, and the Thor one is still still retarded to me because they that and that's you know a true gender swap. Oh, Jen, Jen Fo- Jane Foster picks up the hammer and now she's Thor and she's called Thor and everyone calls her Thor. She is Thor and Thor is Odin's son. That is fucking retarded. Thor is it's his freaking name, you know. Yeah, and not only that, but there was a a certain. Um, Elevation that they gave that character, where she was essentially uh, oh, yeah, more the, powerful with Melanor. Millionaire. Millionaire. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was another thing I hate when they do that. When they do these gender swap and they they try to, 
you know, make it like the female character is so much better is that they try to sit there and go, oh, look, she knows how to do all these tricks and stuff like that with Mjolnir that Thor never dreamed of. I'm like, really? You're trying to tell me that this, the, the guy who's owned this hammer for thousands of years, longer than Jane Foster's ever been alive, doesn't know the ins and out of his own weapon. It's like, really? You really want us to believe that? And then when people goes, you know what? That's bullshit. They go, oh, you're being sexist. And I freaking hate that. I hate it. I hate I hate stupid shit. Well, that's, man, that's really so. it. But, see, so, I knew you were going to start this and get me off on this tangent. And you knew this was going to happen because this is yeah. one of my biggest pet peeves. And this is not to say I don't like female characters. Like some of, There are some great female characters. But you, if, if you want to really understand how how stupid this sounds to, you know, longtime fans and stuff like that, what if we had Wonder Woman changed out for a guy? Well, then it wouldn't be Wonder Woman. It wouldn't be Wonder Woman anymore, yeah. right? But we change him out for a guy. It's a transgender Wonder Woman, ooh, right? Ooh. Women it would be pissed. You would hear all sorts of articles about, oh, my God, look how they're pushing out women from their spaces and da-da-da-da. And let's be honest. Comic books has been predominantly a male field for a long time. Yes, there's been some great women that have been in it. You know, as much as I hate her on Twitter, Gail Simone has written some great work and done some great work in the comic book industry. But there have been women, there have been some great women in, in comic books, but th- that doesn't change the fact that it's been, it, it has been and still is a predominantly male field. And in that sense, I would say if you want to come and play with us, you come and play with us, you know, and we'll allow you to play with us. Don't come in and then want to change everything to suit you and then get upset when we're like, no, this is how we like it. Why do we need to change the seat to you? Right. Now, so I'm going to. I'm gonna say we're gonna, I'm gonna use this to segue into a few few different other things. So uh, our big gripe now, uh, LT is a much bigger comic book nerd than I am. I'm slowly, slowly uh, getting onto any kind of level. Indoctrinated. Indoctrinated, yes. Um, but the problem is not that there are female um, heroes or female characters. The That's problem never is been a problem. right. The problem is, uh, and my big thing I've talked about it in the Star Wars episode of character development and character. Uh, representation. So when I say representation, I mean like they represent actually what they are. They're not just gender swapping. They're not just doing that. They're um, a full. Um, they have a full backstory. A full. Um, they they they, belo- they belong in that world. It's not uh, like an implant. Does that make right. sense? Right. It, it it'd be. Like, it's like if we take black. So you know, since the the TV uh, show the, started, the Black Lightning. Black Lightning started, right? So you know, Black Lightning is a character that's been around. You know since the 70s and when you have black panther coming up that's going to be really soon and i'm pretty sure that's going to be an awesome movie however what if we took black panther and black Lightning and we turned them we switched them for a chinese woman or how about we sw- turned him into you know a white saying? guy oh i wasn't going to say white guy no, no, how about we do a white guy because captain america actually played or actually uh stood in for uh Black Panther, right? That's a totally different universe. But we're going to but it happened. That's a totally, it happened. It's a totally it. different universe. That's it the happened. ultimate's line and and I don't feel like I'm packing all that right now cuz <laughs> okay. we're going to so, be here. So. That would be the entire podcast. So. Matter of fact, what we should do is just an entire comic book podcast. I episode. agree. I agree. Well, not just comic book podcast. Like I think that we should actually characters or storylines that we can just talk about. And have an entirely different ongoing series. <laughs> I mean, could. I mean, really, because I mean, the, I mean, so we're about fifteen, twenty minutes into just this right now. We haven't even got the 
the, the <laughs> topics that we talked about doing before. True. You could blame that on me because I know how you like to sideball stuff. Yes. So, yeah. So now we're going to segue into uh, an article that I saw off of uh, Red right now. And it's, it's something that kind of um, infuriated me the first time I saw it. It was a uh, an article about um, ICE, uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, having the ability to do uh, license plate tracking all throughout the United States. Yeah. So w- the the before in this vid, um, in this article, it outlines that uh, ICE is uh, working with a company called Vi- Vigilant Solutions, um, which currently does license plate tracking and turns that data over to for law enforcement agencies. And given ICE access to their database now, not to get too, I am definitely against this, um, uh, the use of this because like when every time they they bring up something new, like oh well, we're not going to use this to like you know we're we're not going to abuse this technology or anything like that. What usually happens? That's such horseshit. Yeah, they end up abusing the technology. So as they stand right now. Um, Vigilant, uh, Vigilant Solution said that it only the only time ICE will have access to it if uh, you there are cameras. So if, if you never noticed uh, when you go out, there are cameras all over the place, and there are certain specific cameras that are there to capture your license plate, and they'll take that license plate number and run a background check on it, you know, and so on and so on and, so on and build a database with it. So what they're saying now is a vigilant solution camera or a camera hooked up to a vigilant solution technology um, will not send that data to ICE, but ICE will have access to the data if they look for it. Now, ICE has cameras of their own. If they scan a license plate or something, they it won't immediately go over to uh, uh, query the vigilant solutions database. But you're essentially giving these people um, access to the pool, you know. Yes. Like uh, they're they're not um, they're not just get the kitty pool or just what they what they want to get. They uh, they have access to everything. They have the the keys to the kingdom, if you will, in regards mm-hmm. to that. And that just opens up the door for monitoring because they're not just talking about like where your vehicle is now, but where it's been yesterday, where it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. They can see where you are now. Or and where um, and historically back, I think to five years, and yeah. that's that's a lot of driving. You know, if you want to talk about um, just the invasion of privacy and people, especially government, right? That's really what we're talking about. Government, um, even brother. just getting into your um, your daily routine. You know how you drive to work, and um, you know it, uh, just uh, you know it. It's not so. This kind of takes me back to the. Uh, Edward Snowden thing, right? So Edward Snowden was just like, we have this these massive surveillance programs that you never knew about. It, but, oh, it's okay, we didn't abuse it because we got FISA court stuff, FISA court approval, which, by the way, they hardly ever disproved. But they had these approval processes in place that were essentially just bureaucratic. Um, but that's what this is. Is this is just another avenue of monitoring that the government has now. Yeah, that's really what that is. Yeah, and it is, and and it should be really disturbing because it's it it gives them, uh, you know, granted. So like, Vigilant Solutions is a you know private is not a government entity, but you have this company collecting this data, and now they're saying, hey, 
you know, we're going to give now they already share it with law enforcement agencies, but now they're saying, okay, we're now we're going to give it to another law enforcement agency. And that way they can monitor, you know, uh, people who are, I guess, illegal or, or, or sought for visa, you know, or not visa. What am I looking for? They overstayed their, they overstayed their welcome. Like, you know, there's a, there's a common thing with people. People will come, they'll get a visa to stay here and they're here, they're here for like, you know, X amount of time. But that's another thing is, you know, if you're here on a visa, you don't buy a car. Yeah. You know, like, you you know, checking license plate, like, mm, I, I could see maybe doing that for customs and for, um, border patrol on um, like uh, trucks and things like that, but that's it. Like as far as, like if you're here on a visa, like you, what are the chances of you having a car? I, I would say if slim you to if none. you overstayed your visa though, so like a but lot of like things. How are they gonna do. How are they gonna check? How are they gonna find well, you based off of a car that you're not associated with? But again, uh, you know that that's a good question. If you so when when people do these, they bust their visa expirations. Who knows how they get what they they get? You know what I mean? Because they'll they'll stay here, and a lot of them will set up, you know, uh, some sort of life. It actually happens with a lot of Asian um, uh, immigrants that come in. They'll come in on a visa, and they'll stay a lot longer than they're supposed to. And you know, they'll they'll end up developing. You know, they'll 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 build a life, have house, car, you know, sort of things like that. And I don't know how they actually get them because I don't de- live in that nefarious world, but it does happen. It does, and I mean that goes back to the whole, you know, immigration um, discussion and stuff like that. Which uh, I'm all for, you know, legal immigration <laughs> because that's just really the only way that you can. Oh, I don't immigrate. like I don't like immigrants at all. I yeah. hate immigrants. Yeah. Immigrants so need you need to go back where you came from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that all is a joke, all people. Right. All right, Clayton Bigsby. That is a joke. I am I am from a family of immigrants. I married a freaking immigrant. We are all about immigrants over here. Absolutely. Now, there's a there's a part of the article that was published in The Verge that I did uh, I did not um, I, I don't want to say I didn't like, but it, it just really um, opened my eyes to how Congress kind of works for things or how government works things. So uh, the article is on theverge.com, and I'll post it down below. Uh, but it says, uh, still the biggest concern for critics in the sheer scale of vigilance network assembled almost entirely outside of public accountability. Quote, if ICE were to propose a system that would do what vigilance does, there would be a huge privacy uproar, and I don't think Congress would approve it, um, said Stanley, who was also quoted uh, previously in the article. Um, but because it's a private contract, they can sidestep that process. And, and that is 100% how I see it happening also. Yeah, and exactly the point. Because they are private, and you, you know what they do, uh, the functions and technologies they develop to do it would be a people would be pissed if we found out. You know, the government was was doing this openly and publicly. But since they're a private company, they don't have to be uh, open to public scrutiny. Well, that's that's kind of how the NSA gets away with things, right? Is the the locations and systems that they use, and even the individuals that are a part of the NSA are all kind of contractor owned but then they're contracted from the NSA. Yeah. So so they they have access they're contractor owned and they're, they're usually uh uh private companies uh, that provide the technology um and that's contracted for to the NSA. So again, sidestepping, you know, doing a little loophole 
they don't have to be as transparent because as a private company, you don't, there is not much, there isn't a lot of requirement to be transparent with the, what, with the technology and you produce and the data you collect. Yep. And so, fuck this. All right. Uh, anyway, enough of that bullshit. So let's go on to our next topic. Uh, so what I thought was pretty funny uh, in this uh, USA Today um, news article uh, that reads, German police sue American woman for slander for calling them Nazis. <laughs> now, now, I'm pretty familiar with Germany, and uh, oh. anything that has to do with Nazis is literally illegal. <laughs> Yeah. I well, mean, doing the Nazi salute, doing you know, calling people Nazis is essentially defamation. Um, yeah, it is verboten. Yeah, I mean it's uh, so it's it's funny to see an American woman do that, and uh, it's uh, it's actually in Frankfurt uh, International Airport. So, so what happened was um, during the uh, during her uh, check in for a flight or going through security. Um, they stopped her and said that she is bringing in too much liquid, and they're very. <laughs> I was gonna say they're liquid. Yeah, no, Nazis. They're, 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 yeah, yeah. no. I mean, in that regard, yes, they are. In that regard, yes, they are. But uh, um, but no, like they're they're the standard kind of TSA agents. Hey, you have too much liquids in your carry-ons. You need to do something about this. Yeah. And uh, she essentially flipped the bitch and just got. You know, aggressive and yelling and things like that. Now, so, I've been through the German airports and I've never had a problem. Well, never I can't. I can't say the same. Oh um, my goodness, I can't say the same. There is not not that I had personally problems, but I've been with groups and we've gone through, flew out of Frankfurt, and we ran we ran into some minor things. But the funny part was, I'll tell you about this one, which was uh, we were going with a group of friends and um, the majority of them um, were German. In themselves, well, one of them had an object. The object wasn't bad. What he was, the object wasn't bad, but it would raise a lot of uh, suspicion, little red flags to to be on someone's person. Right. So, how big was the dildo? Uh, <laughs> actually, to be fair, it was it was actually casings. There was casings from bullets uh, okay. that he had in his pocket. And when they saw that, now, for those of you who don't know, in Germany, uh, even though you are allowed to own guns and own firearms, it is a very, very lengthy process, what you have to go through, and, and you have to get license on. You have to be part of a club. Um, it's really hard to get ammunition, you know, so it's not something. There's one of the reasons why gun crime in Germany is so low is because it's really, really hard to get access um to firearm and, and and they will come and check to make sure you're storing it properly and it's very very by the book so when you have an individual who has shell casings in their pocket uh when he goes to the metal detector and he pulls it out and he's like oh i forgot i had these yeah uh, i mean that's I, I could say that that is a cause for concern and then i think it's how you behave after that process that dictates everything else. Yes. Now, oh shit, it was my bad. You know, hey, we can throw these off here or whatever. Like, you can check me, do whatever. Nine times out of ten, that's going to work out extremely well. Well, right. It, there's a difference. That, so the problem with this is the difference way how Americans handle things versus Europeans, especially Germans. Um, the current thing that I always the 
illustration I always get about understanding Germans is this, like that. The things I love about Germany um, are the things I hate about Germans as well. And that's being that if you come to, this is a German, if you come to a, it could be two o'clock at night, there's not a car in the world, you come to a crosswalk and the light is red, a German will not cross the street. They will wait until it goes green. There's no cars anywhere. No, no, I've, I've, I literally have had that exact same thing happen. Yeah, yeah. and they, and they will wait till it turns green. Whereas yeah. an American, you can always tell the foreigners because the foreigners and Americans, they're gonna be like, there ain't no cars coming. We're gonna cross the street, and the Germans will sit there and they will judge you. Oh yeah, they can judge me. That's fine. I'll be the first one in, in, uh, in the, in the line at uh, donor. <laughs> but that's what probably happened. This is what happened here. So. The lady getting frustrated um, yeah. at the at the the interrogation quickly got you know she got more and more agitated, and when so there's two accounts of what they said. So she the German police said she called them a bunch of fucking Nazi or German Nazi police um, and 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 bastards, and then she says that no, she meant that. What she was talking about is why does she why is she getting this heat and why are they messing with her instead of that Nazi looking Hitler motherfucker behind her? Now, personally, I'm like, bitch, fuck yourself, because now that sounds like you're trying to throw shade on someone else. You don't know that guy's life. You don't know his life, and you trying to call him out for something, you know, because you're you're well, you're getting a business right now. Well, we're talking, yeah, we're talking about an innocent bystander at this point who was probably just literally waiting in line to go to the metal detector, and then she's thinking that she was being profiled. No, chick. <laughs> you 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 literally disobeyed the rules. You brought too much hot- fucking shampoo or whatever on in in your shit, and they caught you. And that's what that's what happened. There was um, too much liquid in your bag. Yeah. So uh, from the USA Today um, article, uh, please say the woman, forty nine year old professor, became unreasonable and irritated when they told her she had too many liquids in her carry on during a screening for explosives. The issue of too many liquids morphed quickly, by her own account, into a tail-chasing argument over her deodorant. They insisted it must go. She claimed that it made no sense, and it was a solid. Uh, it was approximately at this point that police alleged she called them effing bastards and effing German Nazi police. Now, if you don't know what effing means, you're stupid, but we're just going to continue on. But uh, she says she never called the police Nazis, but she, what they heard was her wondering why she caught flack instead of the Nazi-looking dude with a Hitler youth haircut in line behind her. Now, that is just some bullshit, really. Like, that is... That is when she lost is, all support from me. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, really? You are actually trying to... You're, you're, you're focusing now... Again, we travel a lot. There's times, you know, and I can go into the time in Norway where they tried to take my son's plastic Viking sword because they thought it was a weapon. But we've all caught flack coming through a, a airport sometimes. And the fact that she, you know... Over deodorant, though? Over deodorant? Man, it Over doesn't... Over fucking deodorant? It doesn't matter. It's a solid. It's a fucking solid. It doesn't matter. Ma'am, it says Axe. <laughs> Why the fuck do you have Axe spray in your fucking bag? Well, uh, but then also, the result of the altercation, uh, preliminary uh, criminal proceedings against a woman on suspicion of slander, puts a $260 bill or 270 euro up front for any sub- subsequent legal expenses. 
A day later, her case got worse when she published an incendiary 4,000-word tirade about the incident in the Huffington Post. So this is fantastic. Uh, She, one, broke the rules. Then she got caught breaking the rules, tried to throw shade on some other innocent bystander, got caught and fined. Then she went to the press on Huffington Post and uh, just threw out this stupid-ass tirade, which I really kind of want to start looking for. And um, and th- and then it got worse, which is just the ex like the the escalation is just amazing at this point. Like it's, it's I love it. Well, I love it. It's it, so the for other people you know who are not used to it and not understanding what why this is kind of funny for us is that <clears throat> when you deal with the German police or German authorities, like I said, Germans have a healthy respect for authority. Um, and also the German police, the Polizei, they do not play. If the Polizei tells you to do something, you do it. It is not a discussion. It is not a negotiation. You do it. They will. Here, there's there in Germany. There's really no such things as as true police brutality because the way they look at it is that the German, if the Polizei had to beat your ass, you deserved it. And that's one thing is, you know, in my dealings with the German Polizei is um, they will not talk to you or confront you unless they have reason to. And it's not like, you know, uh, what they had in New York, like stop and frisk, or they just try to, like, profile you. I have never seen that. Um, no, they're actually generally quite professional oh, when they do that. very professional, but it's, um, but even, you know, uh, you know, driving or whatnot and getting pulled over, things like that, it's always been very professional, and, uh, but... Uh, I I just think it's just hilarious because it, it's like the stereotypical American. American. Yeah, it's like so stereotypical that it makes makes us look bad. Makes uh, you go fuck your face. Uh, makes you so look bad, pale face. Yeah, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, we're gonna take this on to uh, the Larry Nassar. Uh, so if you haven't heard in the news, Larry Nassar is the uh, U.S. Olympic team doctor uh, for gymnastics. Um, that essentially just um, was sentenced to uh, 40 to 175 years in prison um, for essentially all the sexual abuse that he did. Uh, We're not going to go into that, but what I thought was um, fantastic um, was essentially the scorched earth, um, the scorched earth uh, avenue that the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee is doing to the um, gym, U.S. gymnastics team. So what they're doing is they are essentially uh, telling the entire administration that they have until the end of the week to vacate their offices. They are fired. And which they should do because the reason the reason that this is a very good approach is because the Nasir was a doctor for, or he's been on this committee for like, oh, what, 20, over 20 years? Yeah, over 20 years. So if all this d- had happened on your watch, you need to go. You need to go because it's it's kind of, it's hard to fathom that for 20 years, these, these you know, girls, these girls were being molested and, and mistreated and you knew nothing about it. It's you know it's it's it is a it's a, it's kind of a hard pill to try to swallow and believe. Now it could be it could be true that every member of the board was completely clueless of what was going on, but still, uh, it happened under your watch. Yeah. Again, it's scorched earth though. You know, it is a complete reset. 
and, th- and that's what they're doing. And, uh, you know, and I think it's probably the best course of action. It's a huge um, cover your ass CYA mood. Um, and uh, I think it's, to be honest, the, yeah. the I mean, I would have given them a pass if it just was maybe one or two incidents um, that happened over the years. But it's several over decades. Hundred, right? Over over 150? Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, I just wanted to... to so fuck that dude that for a little bit, and uh, yeah, it's just like um, in today's climate where you have uh, a, the the Me Too movement and all that. Um, this is one of the Me Too movements that I can actually get behind because there was um, there was actual um, sexual misconduct that was happening. Well, the reason I could get behind this is because there was actual there was allegations, there was an investigation, there was a trial. There yeah. was due process. Yes, absolutely. And when found guilty, he he faced he got judgment. And he faced punishment. Right. The thing I don't go, I don't agree with on the other ones is that there's allegations and that's it. Yeah. No due process. No evidence. Yeah. No nothing. So um, that is a, a huge uh, sticking point with us. If you haven't uh, caught on by now, is uh, we like to have evidence and due process because that's just best for both parties. Now, all right. So moving on Are to the next. Are we ready? Are we ready for this one? Oh man! Are you ready for this I one? I am ready. All right. So uh, earlier today, I was um, I was scrolling through Reddit trying to see what we could talk about today, and I came across the latest challenge. Right. So we've all heard about the Tide Pod challenge. We've heard about the uh, the Ice Bucket challenge. Um, one of those was 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 cool. Uh, the other one was Darwinism, uh, and now we have another. That is a solid, solid candidate for the Darwinism Award. And that is what is called the No Lacking Challenge. Now, so what this is, is uh, a person will come up to an individual, and they're video recording this entire thing with a gun out in front of them. So they pull a gun out in front of them, and you see the gun. And... uh, they point the gun at their friend, and then they, you know, pretty much say like, "Oh, yo, you lacking, you lacking, son," or so- something like that. To at which point the other person is supposed to supply their weapon and show it and point it back at at the other person. Now we're talking about guns, guns, and you're pulling out guns, and like they're in like, uh, there's just so much, so much wrong here. Anyway. So Whoa. what brought this to my attention was that there was a uh, an actual shooting, which is fantastic in relation to this. Um, all right. So in Memphis, Tennessee, um, not many people have heard of it, but a dangerous Internet challenge is gaining popularity. Uh, it's called the No Lacking Challenge. On YouTube, videos of the No Lacking Challenge show people pulling guns on their friends and their friends pulling guns out, too. However, no one pulls the trigger. Uh, early Thursday morning, a 17-year-old shot in the head at Ease Cafe on Union Avenue, according... Or, yeah, so essentially, uh, this 21-year-old, uh, according to the affidavit, 21-year-old Sherman Lackland was sitting in a booth with two people he knew playing the No Lackin' Challenge when Lackland reportedly accidentally shot his friend. So, you're talking about a 21-year-old pulling a gun out on a 17-year-old as a joke or as a fad or whatever and the 21 year old shooting the 17 year old in the head and killing him sorry sorry there is absolutely 
absolutely no fucking excuse for this. All right, now it's time for me to fucking go to fuck off because this is the must have. This is the dumbest thing I've read all fucking day. Now, the full disclosure: I am pro gun. I am pro 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 gun. I have a lot of guns. I own a lot of guns. I keep them. I shoot them. I carry them. I like guns. Now, with that said, this is so dumb. And the simple fact is this is why we have such a problem with gun violence and stuff in America is the stupidity and the mentality that we have of people who come out and see something like this and they're like, oh, this is okay. Not only is it okay, let me participate in this. A gun is a deadly weapon. It is a weapon. It is, you know, fundamentally it is a machine, but it is a fucking weapon. And the fact that you think it's okay to walk around and point your gun at someone for a fucking internet, for some internet views and likes, you're the dumbest motherfucker I've ever seen on the face of the earth. You know what? I actually support this. I'm going to support this because I need more people to shoot themselves like this so we could thin the fucking herd because this is the dumbest thing ever. You know what? The number one tip thing about gun safety is the fact that you do not point a freaking firearm at any Anything that you do not wish to destroy. Yeah, that one. is that is rule, rule rule one of Muslim discipline. Yes, and the fact that you think this is a a, a, a good thing for internet like because this is all these guys are after. They're after some kind of internet fame, some vines, some clicks, some likes, and stuff like that. Oh man, I'm gonna sit there and you know I'm gonna show you, man, you 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 liking. And the thing that disturbed me and it got me on you know really. Uh, fired up about this thing is that the the videos they showed and the videos we looked at of this whole no lacking challenge is that every member of that was black and this hit me so hard because as black people uh struggle so hard to you know the thing about with black people in america and black Americans is that the struggle for equality, right? To be seen and treated equally like everybody else. But I have a problem with that when you constantly, we have a segment or a part of our community that, and notice I said R, so when people want to fucking comment on this, I'm fucking black, motherfucker. Uh, when people want to comment and, you know, are you have this segment here that is constantly doing shit like this and putting videos out this is not helping us at all and it's costing us our young black men's lives so to sit here and and you know whoever thought of this fucking idea that oh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go take my gun and my video camera and i'm gonna point it at my friend and you know oh man you lacking are you lacking right now and then he's gonna pull a gun and point it back at me I'm like, that is so fucking dumb. That is so fucking dumb. First of all, why are y'all motherfuckers, you know, a lot of these motherfuckers were young motherfuckers that shouldn't be having a firearm anyway. And that's a totally different tangent I will probably go on. But uh, you, the, the fact that you have so many young black men, right, it's already, you already have, you know, the image out there of black men being violent, being, you know, committing crimes, and we kill each other at a higher rate than any other. But, you know, when you bring these issues up in the black community or in the media, you know, they, they want to downplay it. Like, no, 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 it's not really like that. You guys are making a mountain out of a molehill. And then you go around and you do some shit like this. All right? That's why I have a problem, you know, if when you get into these movements and stuff like that with Black Lives Matters and stuff like that, if you want to sit there and show me that Black Lives Matters, black men out there, listen to me, you fucking stop doing stupid shit like this and you speak out about stupid shit like this. All right. Now, I granted, this is not everyone in the black community. I know there's, 
you know, many people in the black community think exactly like I do. This is some dumb ass shit. Okay. But we need to let people know we need to be more vocal to our men and our people and sit there and, and not shy away from it. You know, when we sit there and call out dumb ass shit, you know, so if you see this or you, you hear someone like, and we were looking at likes and stuff on the video of these, uh, I was looking at likes and stuff and I was like, there's a lot of likes on this fucking video. Why? Why the fuck would you like this? And the comments were like, oh, yo, yo, homie, I did this to my homie. Why would you do that? All right. Black people rise up. Now I know, you know, my boy, my, my partner, my fellow offensive gentleman over there is kind of quiet. But because I'm on a fucking rant mode right now because I want to definitely say something, especially to the black people out there. This is some dumb shit. We need to fucking start calling it out. We need if we want to be taken seriously in this in, in, in this country and treated equally. We need to stop doing this. I don't give a fuck how what what the hell everyone else is doing. If you want to be serious or taken seriously, fucking stop. Speak out about this fucking dumb shit right now. You have a 21-year-old that just shot a 17-year-old man in the head or kid in the head in a fucking diner in public. That means he was not afraid afraid to pull out a gun and point it at someone in fucking public, and he pulled the fucking trigger. How dumb are we... to to sit there and 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 foster this type of environment. Stop this shit. Stop it now. Absolutely. Now the only reason I was even quiet during that, and I mean, thanks for pointing it out. But the only reason I was quiet was because I was drinking, and because we we completely agree on this topic. Completely agree. It's Darwinism. Let the shit happen. Down the herd. It's the fucking stupidest shit we've ever fucking heard. And um, like. So one of my observations that I have with this is we just had the Tide Pod Challenge, right? So, and who do you see doing the Tide Pod Challenge? White people. Right. So, you know what I, you know, associations I make with that? White people killing themselves, black people killing each other. And that's a really shitty thing to say. But it's, it's really, true. Yeah, and literally it's we true. have news articles to go with it. Um, and that, I mean, it's it's uncalled for. It's uneducated. It is... Um, and I, and I see that as like a, a huge red flag for the parents as well, because if these are young kids, 17 year old, yeah, he's still at home. What the fuck is this doing? With, why is he hanging out with a 21 year old? What a gun. Like, why is he doing this shit? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, um, parents need to take a lot more, um, control over their sp- sphere of influence. Yeah. I know she put that S on that too. Both, yeah. Parents. Oh, absolutely. It takes two, man. It takes two. It definitely takes two. And 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 and, and, and we both agree on the importance of the nuclear family of uh, husband, wife, uh, kids. You know, I mean, it takes two. Um, you know, I recently have a kid, and it definitely takes two. Yeah, it you it know. takes it. It does take two. It it needs to <laughs> because kids need guidance growing up, and the thing that we're missing in this in this whole you know, new age of progressive bullshit is that, uh, you know, nothing against mothers. I, I will, you know, I have kids too. I have, I have boys and girls. I can't teach my, I don't think I could teach my daughters how to be a woman. And I don't, and I know my, my wife can't teach my son to be a man. And that's my job. And I need to be there for that because this is, you know, I figure we have this, you know, more, especially with more fathers and, and, and all the guys, all everyone in the in the video, they're all guys. They're all men. Yeah, they're all guys. All young young black men. The most the most endangered uh, demographic in America because you know because they commit and also receive the most violence. Um, and to be honest, from looking at the stats, I believe that we talked about that the most violence on 
um, black men is other black is men. other black men, and that you know, at like quite literally, you're eating yourself at that point. The portion, the disproportionately high rate. You know, yes, you know, that's why I always hate when people go, "Oh, why don't you talk about white on white crime?" I said because white on white crime is not killing each other. It's not white people killing white people at a higher rate than anybody else. Black people kill black people and other people at a higher rate than anyone else. And when you sit there and you try to combat this or you try to combat this image, especially in the media, you know, because that's where the battlegrounds is faced a lot of times. Um, when you have stuff like this coming up and people were, you know, or people are pushing it and they're, they're participating in it, it just hurts so much because you're sitting there saying, no, 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 we're not like this. We are just as good as everyone else. And we need to be treated just like everyone else. And then, you know, it, it, it shoots yourself in the foot quite literally when you turn around and they could sit there and go, really? Well, you guys are out there pointing guns at each other. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not, why are you pointing guns at you? You're pointing at each other now. So, yeah. And so that's one of the things that I don't, I don't fully understand is, um, you know, why do this, right? It's, it's, it's a fucking Tide Pod Challenge bullshit. Like, I don't understand why. You know, like, are you just fucking bored? Are you trying to, like, show how hard you are? are is it a macho test? You know, what is it? And I, I, I don't fucking know because this is a hugely, hugely... Um, and I'm, I'm quite devoid surprised. Devoid of any meaning to me. I'm quite surprised there's only been one shooting from this well, that the, we heard about. Yeah. I'm really surprised because, it, cause in, you know, another thing I noticed in the several of these videos... Uh, again, gun safety, you know, and I am a big gun nut. I, I was an instructor, um, you know, uh, so I have a lot of experience with this. And one thing I always tell is like you once first one, you don't punch your you don't punch your weapon at anything you don't want to destroy. Two, you are not you do not place your finger on that trigger until it's time to destroy what you want to destroy. And I look at these videos and I watch their hand and, they, and they, they're holding a gun and their finger Every is, one of them. Finger is wrapped around the trigger. And Everyone. I'm like, that is just a recipe, you know. I was like, it, would I still think it's dumb if their finger was on the wasn't on the trigger? Yes, I still think it's dumb. But the fact that is, not only are you pointing the wep the the weapon at someone, but your finger is wrapped around the trigger. That's just begging, begging for for something to happen because you know this this one was a negligent uh, ND negligent discharge, right? Meaning that this motherfucker had his finger on the trigger for some reason. You know, he it seems that he didn't want to do it, but he ends up for some reason pulling the trigger, and that sent the freaking round into the head of a uh, another young black man. And why? Why? What did you gain from that? Absolutely nothing. A life sentence. You know, probably not life sentence. Um, I actually think he's being charged with. Uh, Lackland is charged with aggravated assault, reckless reckless endangerment, and unlawful possession of a weapon. Now, that's another thing, is the unlawful possession of a weapon. Now, personally, I believe that uh, weapons should be treated like driver's license, right? So well, not driver's license, like well, cars. Well, like cars, yes, like cars. Well, you should also, but the driver's license represents that you're proficient in driving a car. You've shown some proficiency in well, doing that. So, so a lot of places you have to have a license, some type of license to carry a weapon, but to go on to what you said, yeah, I think the light, the, the, the actual weapon itself should be treated like cars. Your ability to own it should be treated like a driver's license. Yes. You have to show proficiency in it. You have to um, have respect for the weapon. You have to 
have uh, the proper uh, safety protocols for the weapon, whether it's a safe at home or the proper holster, holsters, things like that, um, so that you don't get the uh, negligent discharges. Um, it's just, it's it's really, really uncalled for, to be honest, uh, and it just makes uh, your entire community look bad. Well, not, not your entire, but, like, the community that these individuals are from. Because it really does, because you're, like, you know, you... you st- the kid, the 21-year-old, went into this diner, this cafe, and it was okay for him to pull a weapon out. Like, who did not call him out on that shit? You yeah. know, who who in that community did not hold him accountable? And that, I mean, and that's what I see is, um, you know, once you start seeing people doing whatever the fuck they want without anybody telling them otherwise, then, you know, you have no kind of uh, structure within your life or within your yeah. community. And that, that that's a very big part of that. There is no structure because even when I do, um, when I do carry, you know, I treat it like, it, uh, you know, it's a really important thing. You know, I, I, I don't believe in open carry, you know, that uh, concealed when I, um, when I'm carrying, I'm concealed. I have this weapon on me. That's why I'm making sure I, I act as the most utmost, uh, citizen, so to speak, because I don't want I don't want to invite a situation that will call for me to use my weapon. That's the last thing I want to do. So to be in a place to 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 have that mindset that oh I'm in this public place with other people around, you know, stuff like that. I'm gonna pull out my gun, pull out my weapon, and I'm gonna point it at another human uh, individual who's supposed to be my friend in public, and everyone's okay with it like i the fact that i i I know i haven't seen too much and i've been looking i haven't seen too much online about people going yo y'all need to be stopped doing this stupid shit like y'all need to be putting that shit away i'm not seeing there are some voices not saying they're they're absolutely none but i haven't seen i've seen more people doing it and encouraging it than i've seen people speaking out against it yeah and i think it's the same kind of response that we get from the tie pod challenge participants you know, it's like, oh, that's fucking stupid, blah, 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 ha, ha, why, why are you fucking doing it? But it seems like there's not really an authority within the community that is putting their foot down and enforcing it, which is which is sad. Yeah, and the fact that it's 2018 and we have to, one, tell people not to eat something, which says on the package not to eat it, and we have to tell people don't point guns at each other. Yeah, all I know is my gene pool is going to be fucking rock solid, man. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be, like, top tier by the time all this shit's done. You know, it's, it's going to be good. I got nothing else. Uh, man, just all this shit, man, just all this shit. So uh, we have one more thing that uh, we wanted to talk about today, and that was the uh, this Great Britain snowboarder that we have. And to be honest, I didn't think we'd get to this topic. I thought we'd just rant and rant on more about the... Um, about the no lacking challenge. Oh, I can rant more. Oh, I'm well, trying. I'm trying to calm this down. Oh well, th- well, thank you. I'm sure the alcohol is helping with that. So it says in the article. It says investigation launched after Great Britain Par- Paralympic medal hopeful Casey Kava stripped of funding and kicked out of team while recovering from gang rape. Now we read the article, and I'll link it below. But this is kind like we kind of think that this is some bullshit. To be honest, now. The reason being, and we've talked about this before on previous fucking episodes, is because the timeline that everything happens in. So, one, she was so uh, she's on the Paralympic team because she was born with two club feet, which is horrific in in itself. Um, she broke her ankle and broke her foot, and then she also 
um, chose because of complications, chose to amputate her foot, and um, then um, I believe she has a um, an augmentation or a, um, a prosthetic. A prosthetic. Now, but that doesn't lead us into the game grape. Now, according to the article in the Telegraph. dot dot uk, um, she was um supposedly raped in 2013 and did not make it known until 2016. So you have a three-year difference. Um, and at also at the time that she reported it three years later, she did not want to reveal um, specifics of the incident, um, which is her... Is, 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 is it it just doesn't make sense to me to be honest with you. So according to the article, Kava, who was born with two club feet, was walking home late at night while abroad in Europe when she was attacked and sub- subjected to a gang rape in twenty thirteen. Now, I'll tell you right now, I've been to a lot of places in Europe and I have never, never been fearful well, of that. And I know I'm not a woman or anything like that, but at the same time, sure. you know, it's there's not a, a whole. I don't think there's a whole lot of this happening. Now so I have to look, go it, look at the statistics and things like that. The thing with this, you know, Europe, Europe uh, compared to America and a lot of other places, is is relatively a safe place. Does things happen? Yes. We're not saying that none of these things do go on hap- um, unnoticed. But for someone to, so f- one, first of all, uh, someone you know picked off the street and and raped is um, kind of rare. And uh, I know <laughs> it's generally reserved to a certain demographic of people who do this. Yes. Um, and so it's not it's not unheard of. The The problem that, that makes this thing more complicated is that this gang rape happened in supposedly in 2013. And she does not give us the location just while abroad in Europe, yeah. which is a very large area. <laughs> very large area. So you're out somewhere in Europe. Someone picked you off the street and they gang raped you. Now, if this happened, hey, I, I feel bad for you. Something bad happened to you. Yep. It, it, is, it is a horrific event to have something like that happen to you. But the fact that you did not come out about this to anyone until three years later, um, sort of, you know, I always say this a lot, and, you know, people give me shit, uh, is that if you felt the need not to talk about it, after you know, after it happened, like close to after it happened, how much am I supposed to invest in in in, in caring the, about this and yeah, the importance of it? And that's one thing is uh, we see a lot of the hashtag Me Too movements and things like that, where it has to deal with sexual misconduct and uh, rape and sexual harassment, sexual assault, things like that. Um, but typically, those are with people that they know within their kind of acting or Hollywood community. Apparently this, uh, from what we're led to believe, is from complete strangers. So the fact that there was a three-hour wait time between... I'm sorry, three-year wait time. Fuck the alcohol. And this this Avalor is really good. So the fact that there is a three-year wait time from when it happened to when she reported it to coaches um, is... And it is is ridiculous to us because one, you're not looking out for anybody's reputation. You didn't fucking know the the perpetrators. Yeah, Two, why didn't you say anything? Yeah, and why didn't you say anything? You know, like quite literally, you had three years to to do this. Um, 
And uh, but another thing is she refuses to provide specifics. So it really makes me um, suspect that you're not as much of a victim as you say you are. And and, and you know it's yeah, it, it not so not even just that. It's just that okay. Even if you were a victim, let's say this happened, and, and we believe wholeheartedly, you know, say, okay, we believe that this actually happened to you. How much am I supposed to sit there and feel sorry for you because you didn't say anything for three years? So how am I supposed to sit there and go, okay, well, you, three years after it happened, you're going to tell me, okay, I was getting raped now. And then the thing that make this, the, the, the part of this that, why this is such an issue and this story going forward is that... Um, when she got she does go out and you know she tells her coaches and stuff like that she is she is expecting everyone to be like oh poor girl oh this is a bad thing that happened to you and they need to acquiesce and do everything she wants and she made demands on her team and stuff like that and um and the fact that she was the only woman on this all male team um now mind you with according to the article or anything else we could find online no, no member of the team, uh, this the predominantly male team, has done anything to her, or she's reported any of them doing anything to her. She has reported that she basically, she wanted to have separate accommodations from the team. Well, not just she's separate accommodations, but she wanted to be bunked with other females, and there's no other females available. Yeah. And so they probably don't have the funding to give her her own room, or they would see that as being kind of... Well, she had her own room. She just didn't have... There, where they were they were housed at, it was, it was just a... Uh, it was a group, you know, like you have yeah. suites and stuff like that, so everyone has like their own bedroom or something like that. She wanted to have like her own suite, you know, oh. so she had her own bedroom, but she didn't have, you know, the common areas were shared. Oh, uh, yeah. So th- she ended up uh, sleeping in the common area because she wasn't comfortable in her private area, um, which, you know, it's one of the things, you know, y- something horrific happens to you, supposedly, to be honest. Uh, and then you hold off so long to tell anybody and then you expect everyone around you to essentially walk on eggshells. And it's really difficult for all of us to, like, for everyone to do that, even in the best case scenario. Yeah. So in the in you know in the worst case scenario, we're gonna demonize you for it. But you know, if you're not gonna give us details, if you're not gonna try to get the perpetrators, um, uh, in the justice system or get or get or try to catch the people who did this to you. You know, like, in my eyes, like, you were not that much of a victim then. Because if you're not seeking justice for what happened to you, like, like you, you must not really care. Because especially and, if it's people yeah. that you didn't know. And so, and, and just the, the contrast, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, as a woman, I don't give a fuck. Because everyone has bad things. I have been the victim of uh, muggery and violence um, out, outside. And I have been, I was mugged, I was stabbed. And I've talked about the story several times. And when that happened to me, I was not only did I make sure I told everybody, I told everybody, I told everybody, even the mayor, um, about it because I wanted to make sure these motherfuckers got what they, they, you know, would happen. And and yeah, it feels violated because you never think. A lot of people always think, oh, this will, you know, you hear about crimes and you, you know what's going on. And you think it's never going to happen to me. And then when it happens to you. It seems surreal, but it it happens. You have to deal with it. So 
and and I've I've dealt with it, and I've you know I've moved on. And hence, this is what led me to carrying guns, um, and being being uh, armed and 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 very proficient in self defense and and you know situational awareness and those things, because that was our, my reaction to what happened to me. So to sit there and say, okay, this bad thing happened to you. But I ain't going to tell nobody. I'm going to keep it to myself. And then when people ask you about it, you don't say anything. And then when people try to help you, because this is the part of the story that I kind of took issue with this and where my my support of her kind of failed is when she was going in and seeing therapy and stuff like that. And when one of the, the, the you know coaches was like, hey, OK, you know, are you are you going to harm yourself? Are you, are you planning on harming yourself or anything? She took that as like, oh, my God, why did he ask me that? Yeah, like, do you think I'm going to kill myself or, you know, like, essentially seeing if she's a liability or, you know, something like that. And it is, it's one of those where it's just like, there's no helping you at this point. Yeah. You are quite literally doing this to yourself. She's, and, and, I, and I kind of agree with that because, you know, I, I get it. Something bad happened to you. You want special accommodations. You want special this. Here's the truth, man, and 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 this is where the, the it kind of stings and hurts. Look, it happened to you. What happened happened to you. It didn't happen to everybody else. It didn't happen to your teammates. Your teammates didn't commit this to you. Your coaches didn't commit this to you. People finding you didn't commit this to you. It happened to you. It is on to you to deal with it. Now, you may feel that you didn't get the support that you deserve, and that's debatable, but to sit there and try to make demands about how you should be treated uh, separate from what they can actually offer um, is, is a real big deal. And, and, you know, I know we want to sit there and go, oh, man, you know, you want to do the woe is me and everything like that. But in the bottom line, hey, it's all about performance. This is this is a sport. It's about performance. Now, if you were more, how should I say, not only even say forthcoming, but more agreeable to things and understanding because to me, what I, what this is saying to me is that she wasn't able to function in the confines of her team. And as we saw later in the article, she was able to function by herself. Then maybe you need to be by yourself because if you can't work in the team, there's no I in team, then you need to compete as an individual. Yeah. So the entire gist of the article is that she was on a team getting funded and training. And then she, uh, because of quote unquote behavioral issues, um, do what what they quote is due to the uh, the incident. Um, she was released from the team, and then she said, "Well, fuck that! I'm going to go do this individually." So she essentially went into this tournament or went to this competition individually and placed second, which was very high and pretty much unheard of at the time. And so she'd done really well. Which, yeah, more power to you. Uh, again, my entire uh, gripe with this entire entire article is that um, uh, she did not wait, or she she did wait. She did not uh, provide assistance or seek assistance in in the beginning. Um, three years had passed. Now she is uh, twenty six now, so she was you know oldest twenty three years old at the time, yeah. and uh, so she was an adult. And she knew that she, she should have had a support system. She should have had people she could talk to, parents, doctors, so-and-so. She could have went to a hospital, did a rape kit, whatever. And the thing is, the thing that, you know, again, I why this is irritating, is also additionally irritating, too, is that 
these resources have been out there for a long time. I have been, you know, previously I was a, uh, at one point I was a victim advocate, a VA. So, you know, I had training on what to do when someone comes to you with a, you know, a sexual assault, a complaint and stuff like that. These, and this is, there is a, a lot of it out there. Lots of it. To sell, you can't sit there and use the, the tactic like, oh, I didn't know, you know, any support or I didn't want to relieve it, it. You know, a lot of times I hear this, well, I didn't want to relieve the incident. Well, then that's on you. I'm sorry to say that. I don't want to be crass, but that's on you. If you do not want to relieve the incident, you don't want to deal with it, that's a personal choice. Don't come back later and then expect everybody to bend their will or bend their behavior because of something you chose to do after when there is help available and you decide not to take it. Don't expect, we don't have to sit here and, 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 and bend over backwards because you decided to do it later. Yeah, and that's one thing is that if she would have tried to, or if she would have spoke up when it happened or sooner, uh, uh her her colleagues and her her teammates and her coaching staff and everyone around her would have used kid gloves. They would have tried to seek proper help. They would have tried to push her in the right direction. The fact that there was a three year difference, like that, that is like my linchpin in this entire argument. Is like there is a three year difference. Yeah, it's like the Kevin Spacey bullshit. Like fucking fifteen years, goddamn it. Like, at, you know, three years is pointless. There is no way that now you can you can try to get any kind of uh, judicial punishment. There's nothing. There's nothing. And and again, I will I will say, if you felt the need, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I suffered in silence. Well, that was a personal choice. You decided to suffer in silence. That was all on you because you didn't feel the stand up. And maybe you know, and and with the Kevin Spacey one, I'm a little bit harsher because it is a dude. It was a man. Right. And yeah. as a man, you know, I get it. I will I will give, you know, some credence to women. They don't generally think like men do. But I know as a man that, you know, hey, shit happens to you. You have to fucking man up and deal with it. All right? If Now, if you don't, you decide not to do it, then what, what you're saying to me is that it wasn't that big of a deal to you, so why is it that big of a deal to me? Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Like, that is a, yeah, that's exactly it. And on that note, everybody, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks for joining us here on the DOG.